From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. week we have a conversation that takes you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earworker. And this week we have a special guest in with us for the podcast, Suzanne Mickle. Welcome, Suzanne. Thanks, Evan. Well, you did a great job, Suzanne. Seriously. What an incredible message. And, you know, we have a a lot of really wonderful speakers that are just a regular part of the team around here, as well as guests that come in. I have to say, this was was one of my favorite messages that I've ever heard, just from the, the authenticity area of it that you just kind of spoke from the heart and uh, how was it was this a difficult message for you to to preach aside from kind of the well I'm not normally a public speaker but was this a difficult thing to really jump all the way into Mm -hmm. it was almost the opposite when Steve asked me to speak on this topic I didn't have to think about it very long yeah because it is such a um important topic to me at present Mm -hmm. so it was one that was easy to say yes to it was hard to get up and do for sure. But another part of me was just really thankful for the opportunity to share the new perspective that I have on yeah. heaven and, and, and why it matters for yeah. us to think about it today. Yeah. And you don't hear too much talk about heaven very often. You even address this to mm-hmm. some degree that, you know, we don't think about it a whole lot. It's kind of this abstract idea that's, that's way out there. What's your, do you feel like your relationship with God has kind of changed in some ways through, through Chase's death and then trying to delve into this difficult subject of, of pain and loss and then heaven? What, what's the difference between how your relationship with God was before and how it is now? I think that uh, when Chase first died, um, I think I talked about it like um, all of the things that I had believed were true. It was like I realized, okay, God really is enough to get you through a hard time. um, I really can trust him with my whole life. Um, It's kind of hard hard to explain. Um, For me, I just don't know how I would be breathing without my relationship with Jesus. Um, And so I've had to learn to rely on him in a way that I didn't before. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I have a really good life. I have a great husband. I have great kids. I have a great family. And so um, I chose relationship with Jesus and I've been thankful for it. But now it literally is the breath in my lungs each day. Through this, um, how would you describe the process of um, the element of grief and the element of hope and how mm-hmm. those have kind of played out and are playing out through this experience? I think the best advice somebody gave Steve and I was that grief looks different for every person and it looks like it looks and it takes as long as it takes and there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And so our grief and our hope are out absolutely tangled up all together. Mm. We're still very much grieving. Um, and, uh, and yet our hope, um, is brighter (laughs) than, than it's ever been before too. I mean, the more that I'm aware of the reality of heaven, the more that I imagine it, the more hope I have, mm-hmm. um, both in today and in the future, for sure. But you can grieve and hope at the same time, mm. and that's a it's a good thing to understand that you can do that. You don't have to get through grieving before you start hoping. Yeah. Life doesn't have to be easy before you can have hope. Yeah, or this fabled like closure. Okay, now we can step out of that season yeah. and into 
a better one, but it's not that. No, we don't believe we don't believe in closure anymore. For first of all, we would never want to close the door mm. um, on our son or stop thinking about him or or be done with yeah. that portion of our life. It's going to be interlaced with the rest of our life, but mm. not neither does our life stop and we just stay in one spot. We need to continue right. forward, um, but with hope and grief and and chase all wrapped into it as we move forward. Mm. A big part of this whole story to me has been kind of the story of Westside Church is uh, Boaster and, of course, went through the loss of her yeah. husband, and then you guys have lost Chase. And uh, at the time, I was watching you guys from afar at a different mm-hmm. church and now jumping into the culture. Um, I feel like a lot of the story of Westside Church is now kind of caught up into a lot of this tragedy and then learning how to hope and learning how mm-hmm. to grieve all at once. Um, what have you learned about Westside Church and the culture of what's happening here among our church family through these difficult times for, for I mean, obviously you guys more than anyone, but really as, as the church culture? One of the biggest things that I've learned um, and I'm so thankful for in our church family is the concept of shared hope. Um, as we go out about the community, we have gotten so much love and support from people outside the church as well as inside the church. But the the thing that we get from inside the church, we don't get anywhere else is shared hope. And what I mean wow. by that is when I look into someone's face and I'm going through a really hard day, they'll grieve with me, you know. Yeah. But when I'm doing pretty good and, and I look into their face, they'll hope with me. Mm. And I won't see despair in them and I won't see in their eyes, how are you getting through? I'll see with them that they understand. We're getting, we, they understand our hope and they share it. And so um, having the, the strength of, of um, people sharing your grief with you is incredible. And we have that here. And the strength of people sharing your hope with you is incredible. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, what I loved in your message, um, when you talk about Chase, um, and I felt like this um, for the past um, half a year, that there's a real openness about who Chase was. Mm-hmm. And it's something to where um, I feel like who he really was has come out more and not glo- been glossed over or yeah. just we cherry pick the parts we want to mm-hmm. remember, but it's like in a really beautiful way, I think you guys have really honored your son yeah. um, by talking about, you know, really who he was and the things that really mattered to him and not what, you know, mom and dad would like right. to say about that. Um, and pretty powerful. I want to read a, uh, just a passage of your notes. Chase wasn't living a perfect Christian life like many of us would define it, but Chase believed in God, that Jesus came to earth and died for us so that we could have new life now and forever. And Chase understood the love and the generous grace of Jesus in a way I'm just beginning to. And he extended that kind of love and grace to others as well. I thought, man, that's so beautiful. Um, We get our priorities, I think, wrong a lot on what the most important things. And what I've seen is you guys really draw clarity out of what really matters. Yeah. You know, and not some of the peripheral stuff. Yeah, I think as parents um, of adult children, there's a real danger to feel shame because you think your child should be behaving or exactly in some way that they aren't. And if you let that shame take over, then um, you'll stop seeing your child the way that Jesus does. You'll start, you'll mm-hmm. start looking at their sin instead of their strengths um, yeah. is, is a one way to describe it. And it's, it's been great for Steve and I to be like, yeah, you know, we're not going to pretend that our son was perfect and that he was doing everything the way that we would do it or would have liked to see him do it. Um, but we're able to see so clearly now the incredible strengths that mm-hmm. he had. And uh, he just really did understand the love of Jesus in an incredible way, but 
even more importantly, from countless people, we have heard how he extended it so well. Right. He was always there to listen and to love and to wow. accept and to care. And uh, he, he had the eyes of Jesus for other people. Yeah. And, uh, it's been overwhelming to me just seeing mm-hmm. the outpouring of people saying that exact same thing about Chase. Mm-hmm. In the end, what are we remembered for? We're remembered for how we love people. Yeah. And that was something that Chase just did like very few people I know can do. Yeah, he, he had the ability to be present um, in a way that uh, we're still working on. I mean, we're still trying to figure out how he lived that way. And I, definitely it was just a part of, of who he was, but it's something intentional we can all strive for, mm-hmm. being present, listening, not being in a hurry to get to the next thing because the person in front of you is more important than the next thing. Mm-hmm. Something that you said in your message, it, it stood out to me more than anything else. And I think it's because I've had a, uh, an experience similar to this from both ends. And that's, you, you said, I want to know more about heaven because I want to know where my son went. You know, mm-hmm. I want to know where he's living now. Right. Yeah. My wife and I have switched houses three or four times since we've gotten married. And every single time my parents come over and my mom, you know, without an invitation or with an invitation, walks around the entire house and looks yeah. in every single room. And it's like she's taking photos in her brain of where we are so that when we talk to her on the phone, and we tell her what room we're in or what we're doing or what we're seeing. She has an idea of what we're doing, what we're seeing. And I take my son to a, you know, it's not a real daycare. It's like a friend who takes care of him once a week. And the first time I went over to the house, I walked all the way through the house because I wanted to know where my son was. Um, talk about a little bit of that process for you. And, and has it has it brought you to a place of a little bit more hope just going through that process of of kind of visualizing the house that Chase is staying in now? Absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned in my message, I had never thought about heaven, even though I'm a pastor's kid and grew up in the church, I purposely didn't think about it. Um, And uh, once Chase moved there, I couldn't not think about it. But the thing was, is that um, I couldn't see Chase in some untangible white space sort of sort of heaven. (laughs) And so that, that got really got me thinking, I thought, well, what will heaven be like? And then when, when I started thinking, okay, it's the same creator that created this earth that's creating heaven. Why would it be something less? You know, wouldn't it be something more? And that really got me thinking about imagining a heaven I could see Chase in, you know, and, and like I mentioned before, he loves to adventure and he, and he loves people and, and good coffee and mm. fire pits. And this just like made my heart come alive, mm. you know imagining what heaven will be like and envisioning, you know, chase there. And so um, I'm excited about heaven now. I'm more excited about this earth because it just feels so short to me now. I want to make the most of the time. I want to spend time with my kids and family and and, uh, the people around me for sure. But the better place to be is going to be heaven. You know, I'm certain of that now. And so I've had a complete change of um, mindset, you know, that way. And, uh, it's a, it's a hope-filled one for sure. Mm. Awesome. You quoted John Eldridge in your message where he says, uh, nearly every Christian I've spoken to has some idea that eternity is an unending church service. We have settled on an image of the never-ending sing-along in the sky, one great hymn after another, forever and ever, amen, and our heart sinks. Forever yeah. and ever, that's it. That's the good news. And then we sigh and feel guilty that we are not more spiritual. We lose heart and turn once more to the present to find what life yeah. we can. Yeah, I honestly, um, because of the perspective that I have now, of course, Mm -hmm. with having one child in heaven and and three children here, 
I honestly don't understand how humans, let alone Christians, can live with a one-world mindset, so to speak. If we put all of our hopes and dreams and aspirations into this one earth, we're, we're going to be disappointed. Mm. We're, we're adding too much pressure to the equation, yeah. you know? And so as believers, as Christ followers, we have to keep heaven in the mix. Mm. We have to keep a balance between the world we're in now and the new earth. And it's that, it's that hope in heaven that gives us courage for like right now. It brings everything into perspective. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, and it enables us to have a, a new perspective that is life-giving. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I find it interesting that, that you're talking about something that, you know, heaven is, is a place that we're going to be and uh, mm. all those things. And it's, you even talked about you know, this idea that if you're so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good and mm-hmm. how that's not necessarily the right thing. And then you even come all the way around to this idea of, how an understanding of heaven allows us to be even more present with where we are and referenced how your other son Hudson is, has moved to Portland in those times where you were, he was almost going to move. Mm. It was playing tennis and spending time yeah. and playing games. And um, what would you tell somebody as a, as a mom, as a pastor, as someone who loves Jesus, what would you tell somebody are some good strategies to just be more present in your life? Yeah, I think, I love that um, the saying that um, I think it was uh, Pastor Grady said, where um, there's two days we really have to worry about today, which is a gift that we've been given, and that day when we meet Jesus. And I know that's an oversimplification because we're that doesn't mean we can put up a bunch of debt because right. we, you know, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Or, or something like that. Sure. But it, but there's so much truth in it that if we can if we can just be present. In, in each day and not miss all the opportunities, you know, that we have right in front of us and around us. And again, if you keep that perspective of the heaven and earth balanced perspective, then it gives you a kind of a peace where you're able to not worry so much about tomorrow. Yeah. You're able to really grasp today and, and be more present with your opportunities. You know you have opportunities today. Mm-hmm. You don't know you'll have those same opportunities tomorrow. And so not in a scary sort of way, but just in a kind of a practical, peaceful sort of way. Grab yeah. them. Grab the gift of today and live it to its fullest. Yeah. It's so good. I was hugging my babies all day long after your sermon, mm-hmm. by the way. It was so real, and I hope mm-hmm. it you know, wasn't just an emotional thing at the moment. Man, there's just something so powerful about that. Yeah, and... What a message to hear in these days when we're all glued to our phones. Yes. We're all someplace else um, that we would talk about heaven, and yet that would draw out this message of presence, being here. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the coolest things that happened through your message was we would assume, oh, we should be talking about heaven. It's all going to be about someday, somewhere, elsewhere. But really, that drives home the point of right here, right now. Look around be here, you know, and man, what a, what a good message for today. You reference, um, I'm just reading through your notes here. Uh, you kind of did this to close. So to be honest, my husband, Steve, and I miss Chase more than ever. It still hurts. And I'm pretty sure it always will. Uh, I I love that you would bring that up just because it's so difficult. I think for maybe people who, who've been following Jesus for a while and have this idea of kind of what it looks like that, that kind of pain, can coincide with a real strength as you're going forward. Um, 
Do you guys feel like you've kind of increased in strength through the difficult process or where, where do you feel like you're kind of out on that spectrum right now? You know, it's, it's so much about a given day still to yeah. Ben. I mean, Steve and I had a really tough day yesterday Yeah, and, and we cried a lot. Um, I think it's so important that you, when you're going through a tough time that you don't require yourself to pretend to be somewhere that you're not. Wow, that's so good. You know, and so we still lean really hard on Jesus every day, and that's never supposed to change, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, but we just don't see pain and sadness as a weakness, Mm. you know, and uh, I just think it's important to not feel like you have to look stronger than you are. Good to just be honest. And that's another wonderful part about being a family is is we can be honest with each other about where we're at. So good. And especially in church, especially for pastors and leaders, um, immense pressure to hide your pain, hide your weakness, Mm -hmm. hide your vulnerability. Uh, And, you know, this year, I think we've seen the effect when that goes away. And there's a willingness from leaders, specifically you and Steve, uh, to be, be vulnerable, be weak, um, walk through it, not in completely, obviously there's there's a privacy to this, but but really walking out this process in front of the church. I it's It's been pretty amazing um, to watch as the church has really um, felt um, more connected to, I would say, the vision of where we're going as a church, not just because the vision is great, but because they see in you guys leaders who are willing to be vulnerable and walk out uh, real life and real difficulty in front of them. Honestly, there wouldn't be a lot of places where there would be so much grace extended to us as well, Evan, to where people aren't expecting us to get on with it or have a stiff upper lip, you know. Um, Instead, there's grace extended to us, you know, depending on how we're doing in a given day, and Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing, you know. Mm -hmm. One thing... um, maritally, when you're going through hard times like this, um, I think a real key is to give each other that grace as well and know that grieving looks different for different people and not expecting your spouse to grieve the same way that you do, but extending that grace to each other has been really critical during this time. Have you found anybody in the church that's kind of come up to you and said, man, we're going through or have been through something similar and we're just so thankful for a lot of the authenticity that's coming about it, uh, coming out from your experience, talking about how how God is and who God is in the middle of all this. Have you had anybody come up and kind of share experience like that with you? Yeah, we have a lot of people approach us about that, and a lot of people say um, just the same idea where they felt like people have expected them to get over it already, mm-hmm. you know, or move forward, or or not be not still be missing you know, their spouse or their child or, or whoever yeah. that they lost, or, or maybe they're just going through a difficult time and it isn't about lo- losing somebody, yeah. but people walking through life with people can get tiring. Yeah. Um, but our answer to that can't be expecting that other person to get it together. You know, we're all broken people. We're all at different stages and we just have to have grace and patience and gentleness with each other. Yeah. I'm so happy that just with how you guys have, have done this, obviously, not happy for the circumstance or how it came no. about, but just as somebody, just as another person that's walking through life and that, you know, we all go through difficult times and we all are trying to seek answers in the middle mm-hmm. of, of darkness. To see you guys has really given me personally a template to say, okay, this is who God is for mm-hmm. real in these situations. And it's not 
Um, it's not just suck it up and deal with it and move on. But I know some people think, well, gosh, I don't want to, the pastors talking too much about themselves or talking about yeah. too much about their experience. Let's talk about Jesus. And really, for me, I'm going, I want to hear your experience because mm-hmm. only then I think can I actually have an understanding of who Jesus is. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, our strength, and, and it's so funny because this could sound like a platitude, but it's not. I mean, our strength comes from God. Our strength comes from our hope in Him, our trust in Him. I trust God more than I did before this. I think He is a good Father more mm-hmm. than I did before this. That's good. And um, and that's a testimony that I need to be willing to share because that's something we can stand on through any hard time. Mm-hmm. And with this, I think a lot of times um, when we think about difficulties, they're temporary difficulties, mm-hmm. you know. And we'll preach on getting through financial trouble or. Uh, marital issues or whatever. And uh, when you see a situation where there's the loss of a loved one, that's permanent. Yeah. That's not, that's not something that just gets better or gets fixed. Um, and if I think if Jesus can be good to you in a permanent um, trouble, you know, not mm-hmm. a, not a temporary thing, not, oh, we'll just bear through in another year. It's going to be okay. No, it's, it's not okay. But if God can be present in the middle of that, that gives, I think, me hope. No matter what I face, like he could, yeah. he can be present, even if it's not going to get better. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I was saying in terms of in any circumstance we're walking through. Mm. You know, if we can keep the reality of heaven and imagining it, will help us to have a new perspective in any circumstance. Because even though Chase's death is permanent in this world, it's temporary in that right. this very world is temporary. Right. You know, um, I know exactly what you're saying. Hopefully, because there's much to do here and I love my kids, I'm going to be here a good many, many more yeah. years. But I also get to look forward to that that day where mm. I get to sit around and, and talk to Chase again, or, you know, around a fire pit. And the permanence of that yeah. place mm-hmm. and space um, is the joy of our lives now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because no matter what we face that place is permanent in a way that this will never be. Yeah. You know, the promises of God are true. Mm. Have always have that to look forward to. However, I, I never want to minimize the amount of new life and joy that God gives us for the present day as well, because it's both, it's a both and situation for sure. Yeah. So in, in this kind of situation, Evan, reference, you know, we like to talk about financial success and getting out of debt sometimes because they're temporary things. And I think one of the reasons that we like to talk about those sometimes is that they're really quantifiable. Mm-hmm. How do I know that I'm getting better at getting out of debt? Well, I have less debt yeah. <laughs> and you can do the simple math. So for you in this situation, how do you and Steve know that you are moving forward or finding healing or, or do you know at all? It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to understand, but how do you know that, that you're moving forward if you do know it all? That's a really hard, I've actually haven't really thought about that, Ben. Sure. Um, I would have to say that we find ourselves enjoying moments again, That's you know, um, for sure. You know, even just the other day when um, Steve went to get our tires changed and he texted me and was telling me how amazing the sunrise was. You know, um, uh, we enjoy the small things. We're able to relax and enjoy our kids. You know, um, the world is just isn't looking as dim (laughs) as it was initially, you know. And so um, I guess it's just the little things, you know, day by day, happiness, 
steeping back in, you know, um, the good days outweighing the bad days, maybe. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I love the picture you said about, um, you imagine Chase around a fire with mm-hmm. Steve Stern and his uncle Jeremy. Yeah. Um, what kind of a beautiful thing, also revealing just how much how much hardship um, you face, uh, we as an extended family have faced, and yet there's beauty in that. Yeah. I think that's kind of the the overall takeaway that I got from your message was this is really hard, mm-hmm. but there's there's beauty to be found in this. Absolutely, God's whole idea was relationship, you know, and so we just that's the thing we need to be present with our relationships here, and I fully believe that that whole emphasis on relationship will continue when we're in heaven. You know, when I picture Chase up there, I don't picture him wandering the amazing mountains and taking hikes alone. I'm always picturing him with people doing that and having relationship and conversation. And I just, I'm certain that that continues from here to there. Yeah. Yeah. Never alone. Never alone. Never alone. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, I want to thank you for your courage in speaking this message. Not an easy one. Um, and not one that is spoken lightly either. So thank you for your courage um, this past weekend. You but, bet. I've, yeah. Thanks for letting me uh, share with you guys, and I really am just so thankful for uh, being a part of this church family. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today on Behind the Message. Uh, for more, visit us at westsidechurch.org or behindthemessage.org.